Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church from the book of Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And from the Gospel of John. In the beginning, there was the Word. The Word was in God's presence, and the Word was God. The Word was present to God from the beginning. Through the Word, all things came into being. And apart from the Word, nothing came into being. That has come into being. In the Word was life, and that life was humanity's light, a light that shines in the darkness, a light that the darkness has never overtaken. This is the Word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, friends, let's pray together. Powerful, vulnerable, loving God. We show up here today to meet, to sit, to be with your presence. To bring who we are to who you are. To let the two speak to be changed, transformed, to be met. In all honesty, we don't have a plan for it all. We don't have all of the answers. We don't know exactly where our life is going or headed. And so we come to sit. To sit, to feast, to be in your presence and the presence of others. And our prayer is that you would meet us. Meet us in the light and in the darkness. Meet us in the song, in your word, in our prayers. Meet us in the places in which we feel such deep fear, anxiety, and alone. Meet us in the midst of community, of life, of new birth. We come to be present because you are the great I am from the beginning of time until its end. I am is present here with us now and forevermore. Amen. As we walk into this time of reflecting on darkness, there's a part of me that feels an unease. To talk about darkness or a relationship with it, I can already tell in myself, like, I don't know if that's going to go over that well. I don't know if this is going to possibly be, again, maybe all souls participating in, like, one of the most depressing services you've ever been a part of. But I do know there is goodness in it. Because I know in my own life, I have explored a relationship with darkness and have found in it a fullness of treasures that feel hard-earned, but also as gifts. And so I wonder for you today, what is your relationship with the dark, with darkness? What was its origin stories, its beginning? You probably don't remember its very beginning in which you sat and were held in a womb of darkness, the origin of it all. But what is some of your first memories of darkness? 
My relationship started when I learned to be afraid of the dark. And I had two people who gave me great lessons in this. My two older brothers constantly participated in my understanding of darkness by scaring me nonstop. I laid in bed one night in my own room with the covers pulled tight, and I began to hear on the window behind me a, a knock. My window was just about this high. And so I did what any young child would do. I refused to look at what was behind me. The covers began to get higher and higher. I heard more knocking, knocking, and knocking, thinking maybe it was the wind. Finally, I decided to grab the courage and to look at that which was behind me, and behind me was my brother, like this, (laughs) in a creepy mask, trying to freak me out. I screamed and ran out of the room. What's your relationship with the dark? Who has taught you? What is your opinion of it? What language do you use to describe that which is dark? A lot of the language that we have is one that is inherited. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but I think it's, I think it's often binary in so many ways. We have darkness and we have light. We often use a competitive language when we use the ideas of darkness and light. Like there is a massive cosmic battle that is always happening. And who will win? Maybe these are some of the words that you use to describe darkness and light. Darkness is bad. Evil. It is scary. It is to be, you are to be afraid of it. Darkness is sin. It is doubt. It is an ignorance, an unknowing, a spiritual blindedness, a depression, and a despair. And for light... We often associate, and literature and scripture associates with good, hope, faith, cleanliness, right living, wisdom, salvation, happiness, truth, and life. So clearly divided. And yet we cannot move through life without experiencing the depths of both. So what are we to do? In all honesty, Christians, Scripture and the history of the church and Christianity doesn't help a lot with understanding how do we engage this relationship. It just separates it more and more. Or we assume it does. We assume that since dark and light are opposites, then they must be at odds. Because that's what we do with things that are opposites. If it's different from us, if it's an opposite, then it is at war, at odds with the other. They are always in competition. The light shines and the darkness does not overcome it, it reads. The darkness, the darkness not overcome, does not overcome the light doesn't mean that it always means that the light will win. It could simply mean that the darkness and light are not at war with each other. Think of it like stars in a night sky. The light and the dark, they coexist. They live in relationship, in a creational rhythm, and dance with each other, each providing a lesson the other cannot give. 
As of lately, I have started and began a new relationship with darkness. It all started with this. Stars. I sat camping one night. Was able to look up and see the beauty of stars, see the Milky Way. And I was overcome with this beauty, this vastness that is set before me and it shows up every single day. But it wasn't just the light of the stars that was fascinating, it was the canvas of the darkness behind it and the space that is between each one of those lights that shine. My curiosity for stars, for the cycle and the rise of the moon, for the space with all of its dark matter that is filled with so much dark void, we're not sure exactly what it is. This for me was always held back, a non-explored space in my life. But to look upon the stars and to be filled with wonder made me begin to assess my relationship with darkness. You see, I had subconsciously believed that darkness and all that came with it was bad and evil and light was holy and good. My brothers reinforced this again and again and again. I feared being alone outside in a dark night. My body has learned to suffer and to shut down when the winter months begin to show up. And maybe most damaging is I feared my own darkness or what was labeled as such the deep emotions the doubts the fears the sinful thoughts the traumas were all banished to the darkness to be avoided hidden and forsaken and never to be po never to poke their face again into my world which was going to be light joy hope and god because only God could be present in the light because Jesus said he is the light. And so my sunny side of life was all that was permitted spiritually, emotionally, physically. I remember when I was young, I went to a conference, way too young. The conference was called Stomping Out the Darkness. I remember the conference just being like this really dark room and as a, as a young middle schooler learning about like spiritual forces and evils in the world and thinking this is awful and scary and traumatic in some ways. Even if it's true, but at that place I promised myself I will do everything to stomp out the darkness in our world and in my own soul. But that promise had an ugly side. What it created was a place in which I could put all of those things, doubts, fears, big emotions, sins, and just say, no, I banish you into the darkness. I banish you into the subconscious. I banish you to the place in which you will not be talked, seen, or you will be recognized. But when we banish things, they have a way of finding, finding a way to show up. I tried so hard to hide them, but they began to demand a voice that needed to be heard. It, 
It spoke of feelings. The darkness spoke of feelings that I tried to keep silent. And as I attempted to mature in this life, as we all do, those things that were pushed to the subconscious longed to be made conscious. Darkness needed to become my teacher if new creation or transformation within me was to take place. Now, I'm saying this from my own story because I know it is yours. However you may label that space, death, suffering, tears, doubts, scariness, our fears, our sins, our ignorance, however you may label that space, it cannot always be pushed under or away. It cannot be hidden because this is not the life of spiritual maturity. It's not where it all begins. If we long for new starts, for transformation, for a new birth in our own life, it often and usually comes from the places of darkness. New life, Barbara Brown Taylor says, new life starts in the dark whether it is a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it starts in the dark. As our passage read, in the beginning was God, and there was darkness and void over the earth, over all things. So in the beginning, we have two things sitting in company together. God, the presence of God, and darkness, void, emptiness, sharing somehow space, nothingness and God together. Darkness is always there in the beginning because without it, light would have no meaning. Somehow, miraculously in life, we see that it is created from a nothingness. Creation is birthed often from a place of darkness. Christ is described as a light in the world, and this light is present in the beginning of time, and this Christ light is spoken throughout the world, and it is in all things. This Christ, this word in all things, it is the beginning of all things, but this light means very little if we don't understand or begin to befriend and have a relationship and rhythm with darkness from which the light is born. When Christ comes into this world incarnate, this this God, this divine human into this world, that comes after hundreds and hundreds of years of silence. God did not speak, says scripture. There was a silence, a darkness from which God comes, but we cannot handle it in our day. I cannot handle it. I need the quick fix. When suffering shows up, get me to the answer as fast as possible. We can't handle literally just physical darkness. We light up everything in our house and in our world. We move through it. We move through our longing. We move through our loss. We move through our doubts. I'm sorry, but I just think we move through them too quickly. Unable to receive their lessons. 
You see, darkness can serve as a canvas of possibility. Something in which hope and light begins to paint. In the creation mosaic of Genesis 1, darkness is not banished. It's not just like gone forever. It's actually brought into relationship with light. There is a rhythm to darkness, to light, to evening, and to morning. And I wonder what if our life with God would look like if we trusted some of that same rhythm, summer, winter, evening, morning, light, and dark, instead of always creating a competitive opposition and an enemy of the other. I am very aware that darkness is real and it is scary and it is not something to be talked about lightly, whatever you mean by that word. I also know that unless we're willing to engage it, to be present to it, and allow it to be even within us, we can begin to learn no lessons that will transform us. There is no resurrection without crucifixion. There is no life without the tomb. This advent, what may it look like to court, to have a new and healthy relationship with darkness? Just for four weeks, that's all I'm asking. Darkness as a place of longing. Darkness as a place of rest. Darkness as a place of possibilities. As a womb. As a canvas. As a right partnership with light. Darkness maybe even as a guide, as a depth, as a quiet, as a stillness, as an arena where we may meet with God, just like Jacob met with God in a wrestling night. Just like the psalmist cries out, even darkness is not dark to you, Lord. Just like Mary was met by an angel and held space within the darkness within her for the Christ to be grown and to have life. Just like Nicodemus came to Jesus at night with his questions, his doubts, and his wonder. All of this birth in new life is happening in the darkness. What in us? As we as community allow darkness to serve us as a sacred place of waiting, of possibility, of exploration, of even intimacy, and discover the landscape of our full selves, our longings, to allow that to be a place in which God begins to paint and create and bring something of what we feared was nothing. What are ways that you could embody and practice this during Advent? Let me give you a few of the ones that I did and came a little bit from Barbara Brown Taylor's book. One, go and watch the moon rise. I don't know the last time you sat in darkness to watch a full moon rise. We often just go for the sunrises and sunsets. Take a night walk without a flashlight. I know it might feel scary, bring someone with you. Your eyes shall adjust, I promise. Maybe as a family, as an individual, go without electricity for one night. Without the screens, without the TVs, you may find yourself going to bed at 7.30 because you need to, is my guess. Sit 
journal about your longings, your griefs, your fears, your shadows. Find a way to celebrate the winter solstice. Often humans were known for celebrating this season in which darkness seemed to prevail. Isaiah writes, I will give you the treasure of darkness and riches hidden in secret places so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by name. May you hear God's call. May you hear God's call in the darkness. May you hear God call you by name and whisper to you, the intimacy of the language of the beloved. May you experience it all during this Advent season as we long, as we hope, as we embrace the sacred space of darkness in our world and in our own life. Let's pray together. Christ of all things, I just don't know if when we say all, we mean all. But Christ, who was there in the beginning, is there at the end, is the spoken and created word of all things, in whom we move and breathe and have our very being. Will you meet us in every space of our life? Meet us in the shadows, meet us in the fears, meet us in the darkness. May your presence be known. As Moses climbed a dark mountain and into a cloud of the unknown to see your presence, to hear your voice, to be called by name, may we climb to the places that we often avoid. May we do it as community so that we may see you in all places, in all things, even in the depths of our own heart, so that this encounter with you may transform who we are. In your name we pray.